This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This is a crowd podcast. We wear the mask that grins and lies. It hides our cheeks and shades our eyes. This debt we pay to human guile, with torn and bleeding hearts we smile, and mouth with myriad subtleties. Why should the world be In late August 2021, some of Reddit's biggest communities began switching off, one by one. Click, there's one. Click, there's another. Click, 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 click. More and more are flicking off their lights, going dark. 135 subreddits will soon be silent. Their setting changed to private so that nobody new can join and nobody can see the page. Why? They're protesting, silently and in the shadows. Their slogan? Reddit is no place for your misinformation, they're chanting. No place for your lies. Masks work. Vaccines work. COVID's real and COVID kills. Steve Huffman and the Reddit admin, they shout, get some principles, ban misinformation on the site, and we can all move on. This episode is about Reddit drama and how the site is the perfect battlefield for communal outrage, for good and for bad. Dig into the drama. You'll be shaking your head the whole time, like how's this even it's the tale of a guy called Nate. Definitely felt like the rug was pulled out from under me. I kind of felt lied to, to be honest. And we're looking at the internal self-policing moderator system, how it works and how it doesn't. Doxing people and like smear campaigns and like fake narratives, you're like, yep, that's too much for me to handle. I don't want, I want to go back to the forest. Dude, take me back to the forest. <laughs> I'm Katie Puckrick, and this is .com. Reddit Land, Episode 2, The Mask. All right, I think I have it all set now. How are you doing? Great, I'm good. I'm, I'm well, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. We begin with this guy. So my name is Nate. And if you're a Redditor who likes the more meta sides of the site, you're going to know who he is. On Reddit, I go by Nate the Great. Not a whole lot of story behind that. It's it's I picked it because of a children's book. Uh, Nate the Great is a detective in a children's book, and I thought that was a it was a book that I liked when I was a kid. So, Nate the Great, spelled N8, the G R eight. There's been a lot of back and forth trying to get Nate to talk to us. He's kind of hard to pin down, but we hold out, and eventually we get him. 
finally, after all this time. We're talking to him because he's got an amazing story that's going to help me better understand the psyche of the Redditor. Because after learning about GameStop, I'm hooked. To start with, though, Nate's story has nothing to do with Reddit at all. That'll come later. It begins far away in the Deep South. I was raised in a fundamentalist Christian family. Young Earth creationism, global warming isn't real. I was involved in several Bible study programs growing up. I used to know every single book of the Bible in order, and I could just recite it off. Nate grew up way down in the Bible Belt in a deeply devout Christian community. To put it one way, I grew up in a, in a white environment. I grew up listening to Rush Limbaugh. I grew up going to church. Um, my parents are very right-leaning. So that was the experience that I had. Um, racism got solved in the 60s. Feminism issues got solved when women could vote. And quickly, for those of you who don't know who Rush Limbaugh is... Okay, so Rush Limbaugh is a fairly controversial right-wing radio talk show host. Uh, He's well-known for being fairly inflammatory. I know that back in the 80s, uh, during the AIDS epidemic, he used to celebrate the death of homosexuals. But he, he was funny, though. You know, to somebody in high school who's got this upbringing, this guy is saying the stuff that we're all thinking, and he's doing it in a funny way. Fundamentalism. Views that are extreme, to say the least. This is something that I've always found absolutely riveting and also very disturbing. The idea that being a part of something gives you so much comfort that you're able to push aside any little teeny tiny doubt you might have. This rings a little bit of a bell. Remember what Nick said in the last episode about the role herd mentality played in the GameStop short squeeze. The high probability of losing money was immaterial compared to that rush of being part of a movement against Wall Street. Looking back, I'm not sure that I really felt that. I think what I really felt was that everyone else around me was so sure about this that maybe I'm missing something or I can rely on these people that I trust to be correct about the world. And I remember one time that I asked my dad, I said, hey, how do we know any of this stuff in the Bible's true? How do, what am I looking at? And he goes, oh, well, you have to have faith. But he said it so convincingly. He had no question. He had no doubt. Faith. You got to have faith. And someone that I trusted felt so strongly this way. And I thought, okay, well, he's got it. He knows what he's talking about. I'm sure that someday I'll get it too. When he's 18, Nate ships off to college, and it's here that things start to change. He takes a class in the history of the church, starts reading Richard Dawkins, and learning about things like logical fallacies, reliability, and evidence. He learns about physics and something called nuclear thermodynamics. And he starts asking questions about everything he's been told about the world since he was zero years old. When I saw that, I said, wait a second. You know, the things, what I've been told is wrong. The math adds up, the science adds up. Clearly the Earth is not 6,000 years old. I went and started looking into evolution. I started looking into a lot of other things. And the concept of evolution and the age of the Earth, you can think of it like a table. And all these data points are like legs of the table. And I found more and more and more things to hold up this idea that the Earth is not, in in fact, 6,000 years old. So eventually I realized I was wrong, and then I'm wondering, what else am I wrong about? And it's around this time that it happens. 
One day, a friend at college says to him, hey man, there's a site I think you might like, check it out. It's called Reddit. So Nate does some Googling, and soon he's roaming around the homepage, reading threads, frowning at comments, and then one day, something catches his eye. It's a subreddit called Atheism. I'd never really questioned my beliefs, so I thought, you know what, this might be pretty interesting to see what they have to say. I bet they're all wrong. I was raised to believe that the Bible was basically just handed to us by God and infallible. This whole thing is inerrant. It happened the way the Bible said it, and it didn't happen any other way. And you don't question it, or, you know, this loving God's going to send you straight to hell. And honestly, when I first got on the atheism subreddit, I was kind of afraid. I was afraid that something bad was going to happen to me. But I stuck around and I kept reading and nothing bad happened. I didn't get struck by lightning and I wasn't cursed with a plague or anything. So it worked out. So there he is, day by day, reading through pages of arguments, debates, discussions. And bit by bit, everything he's ever been told about how the world works starts to fall away. What if it's not Christianity that's the correct religion? What if it's one of the other ones? Does God answer prayer? Eh, inconclusive, basically. I've been told things wrong. I need to find out what's right. Which sect of Christianity is the correct one? Which one do I need to follow? Reddit's definitely a place where you can go to either reinforce your own ideas or to learn something new and to have your views challenged. Uh, I was fairly active in the debate religion subreddit for a while, and... The main reason for that was I wanted to continue to challenge my own views about this thing that I just started getting into. You know, they say, well, the Bible's infallible because it says so in the Bible. I was like, all right, well, I can write on a napkin that this napkin's infallible. That doesn't mean it is. Well, the Bible's infallible. They, they just keep repeating the same things over and over again. I say, okay, but what about this? And they didn't really have anything. And eventually it was the same thing. And I just got, I was like, okay, they don't have anything, so... I, I feel pretty secure in my, my worldview at this point. They don't have anything to challenge this. And from there, I was like, man, everything's crashing down around me. I was wrong about so much. And I, from there, it was just, I almost flipped everything. I used to be a hardcore Republican, and you'd probably call me a hardcore Democrat now. Just imagine that. Imagine looking around you one day and realizing there's absolutely nothing left of your old world. And you've got to rebuild it from the ground up. You've got to do it. Definitely felt like the rug was pulled out from under me. I feel as though I was lied to, and I don't really appreciate... It, it almost feels as though I wasted part of my life. What about his family? They brought him up in that world. I can't imagine they were all that thrilled to find out he'd turned his back on it. I've never had that conversation with them. I never felt like making a big deal about it to them. Um, I really just wasn't sure how they'd react, so I just said, you know what, I'm just not going to bring it up. So he's chosen this path alone, and Reddit's going to prove more fundamental to his new life than he could have imagined. So, that's Nate. Mr. Debate, Mr. Facts, Mr. Science. He loves discussing, and he takes truth and reality more seriously than anything else. Sometimes it even feels like I'm having a debate with him. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the entire thing you just said because I disagree with your premise. And I can't help but wonder if he swapped his Christianity for a new type of religion, Reddit. At one point, he murmurs that he found Reddit. How would my life be different if I hadn't found Reddit? Nate loves drama. 
He spends a lot of his time on subs to do with politics, religion, world news, COVID. He works in IT, so he says most of his day is... Glancing over the servers. Oh, they still work. Cool, I can get back on Reddit. And his name pops up everywhere on the site. Nate the Great is a moderator on some of the most popular subs. R slash pics, R slash oddly satisfying, which if you haven't checked it out, you really should. R slash ah, as in A-W-W. Which is just a ton of photos of cute animals. And at the time of our conversation, he figures he's Reddit's third largest mod in terms of the number of people he moderates over. So how many is that? It's in the millions. I'm not sure. We ask him to check. 270 million subscribers. Okay, so that is a ginormous audience. That's like the whole of the United States with Texas and Florida lopped off, which might be a good idea. Or the population of Italy, France, the UK, and Germany shoved into one big bad room. And this amount of control, this reach, it's gotten him into trouble. See, for all the time we've been talking, there are some key things I can't tell you about Nate. I can't tell you his age, where he lives, what his job is. I know he works with computers, but that's it. Listen to this. Yeah, my age, I'm just really going to say 30s to 40s. I live on the East Coast of the United States, and my job is primarily IT. So, not much to go on. We couldn't even get a mic to him for the interview because he didn't want us to know his address, which is why sometimes he sounds a little bit tinny. But the weirdest thing for me, we have no idea what he even looks like because he has his video switched off the whole time. The only thing we see on the screen is a waveform, a green scribble that shows he's connected. So why all the secrecy? Because of this. About three years ago, Nate took a U-turn into notoriety on Reddit and has been targeted for it ever since. And this is where the first domino is pushed that will eventually cause 135 subreddits to go dark in 2021 in protest about misinformation and COVID lies. By 2018, Nate's spending a lot of time on Reddit, and one of the subs he's a moderator on is r slash notTheOnion. For true stories that are so mind-blowingly ridiculous, you could have sworn they were from The Onion. And if you don't know what The Onion is, it's America's finest news source, and it's all satire. So one day in 2018, someone posts a story on Not The Onion. It's a recent case of someone who called the police on a black guy who wasn't doing anything, just going about his business. So Nate's scrolling, and he sees this post, and he thinks, huh, the story shouldn't be on this sub. Racism is so depressingly commonplace in the U.S. This story is extremely believable. Hey, this happens all the time. No, that's not onion That's not satire. It's just everyday stuff. And pretty quickly, the comments start. They come in thick and fast. Racist, bigoted stuff. So Nate, who has special powers as a mod, decides to stop it before it starts. He doesn't want to give these people a platform. And he also wants to point out the irony to show how extremely, tragically ununique it is for a black man to be targeted. So he locks the thread. I lock the thread. It means I, uh, I have a button I can push so no one else can comment on the thread. And he writes on it, and I'm paraphrasing here, Hey guys, this is now locked, but only to white people. People of color, you are free to write away. But white people, nope, 
you're blocked from commenting. And people really didn't like that. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was obvious that locking a thread prevents everybody from commenting. I thought I would get a few funny, angry mod mails sent our way, or is like an email, but to the mod team. But it created such an outrage from the reactionary racist subreddits. It's an obvious troll, a funny poke, but within minutes, Nate's Reddit inbox is flooded. People are furious. They're trying to find out who he is, where he lives, and shouting about how white people are being silenced. Absolute racist nonsense. They're like, well, you're going to say this about white people, so we're going to say this about black people. That's exactly the same. These two things are the same. Like, no, they're not. But they just went nuts. You know, this is how they respond when you make a fairly tame joke about white people. They go full-blown racism. Here's the thing about Nate. He loves the drama, and he just loves to poke. He writes a number of other posts mocking white people, one of which is titled, Things White People Are Good At, and includes things like, Causing traffic jams, clearing their throats way too often, pouring a beer that's like 100% head, and my personal favorite, Standing awkwardly on the subway, and for the grand finale, War crimes, Ooh. And people get really mad. There are slurs all over the show. The N-word is flying around and derogatory terms for gay people. It's blown up. Okay, let's stop there for a second. Why are we listening to some guy who lives to mock? Well, since learning about GameStop and that whole deal, and the sense of ironic detachment that seems to rule the Reddit roost, I've gotten kind of obsessed with it. I mean, what's motivating these people? Are they just a bunch of trolls who love playing games? It's one of my favorite rhetorical devices. Absolutely. I call it flipping the script. Part of it is holding up a mirror to the things they're saying. And you know what? How do you like it? But where's the line? Is he actually changing anything? Or is he causing more division? making these guys or gals even more extreme in their views, even more ferocious in the face of mockery. Is trolling really all that effective? No, no it's not, in and of itself. But it gets a conversation started, and that's what I want. I want people talking. And maybe that's all you can do. Rip some monkey shines out of people to get their attention and slip in the facts when you can. Because as Nate so beautifully puts it, The thing that really allows it to happen is apathy and people not willing to stand up. All it takes for evil to flourish is for good men to do nothing. We're going to take a quick break here. And after that, Rob's back. And he's taken us deeper into the messy, messy world of the Reddit moderator. Your daily reality is the fact that at any moment when the guard comes along, he might just pull out his gun and shoot you in the back of the head. Imagine boarding a flight thinking you're heading on holiday, but instead you get taken hostage by Saddam Hussein. All the tanks are in rows and they're all pointing their guns at us at the hotel. And I've never seen anything like it in my life. Imagine being used as a human shield, put in the line of fire. We're in trouble. We are under attack. Do not leave where you are. That man has been shot. He has been shot. My God. Listen to the secret history of Flight 149 to hear the shocking story behind one of the biggest cover-ups in modern history. We know the truth. We know what actually happened. 
I was there. Subscribe now. You're listening to Dot Com, Reddit Land. Welcome back. Hi, how are you doing this morning? This is Jefferson. Jefferson Kelly. On Reddit, he's known as Big J76. And I'm talking to him because there's only so much I can understand about racism on Reddit from Nate. Because, as he himself says... I'm a white guy sitting here talking about the black experience. It's, you're definitely going to want to talk to somebody else. Jefferson also works in IT. I'm starting to see a trend here. And when his video pops up on my screen, I'm instantly struck by his background. It's pretty startling. He's got a huge green screen behind him, and there are a couple of enormous cameras pointing towards it. You know, the kind that fancy photographers use, the one with the shades up on either side. And this is why. See, Jefferson's the biggest Star Trek Uber fan. He loves it. Obsessed. Yes, yeah, Star Trek mega fan currently wearing a Star Wars t-shirt. I know, yes, I knew where that was. Irony was gone. Um, I mean, it's, I walked right into that one, didn't I? <laughs> so he's obviously got a podcast about it. It's called Beyond Trek Podcast. And uh, if, if you're searching for it, you've got to use all three words, Beyond Trek Podcast. Otherwise, you know, who, who knows where you're going to find on Google. I wonder, is there a character he identifies with particularly? Oh, you know, I would have to say Benjamin Sisko. Yeah, Captain Sisko. For obvious reasons, we're both bald black men with goatees. So that may just be a coincidence. But um, no, honestly, he's very dynamic, but also also a family man. He's a single father with a son, and uh, I have been a single parent. Jefferson takes his role very seriously as a father and as a Redditor. Before we get into it, he asks if we're also recording video, because it's the week that the anti-work sub kicked off after one of their moderators had that car crash interview on Fox News. You have to watch it. You just, you, you have to watch it. Is, this person matched every single Reddit cliche out there. Background, room, beds not made, disheveled look, couldn't bother to wear anything decent, just looked like... You know, someone that just rolled out of bed for this and completely destroyed the subreddit, the movement, everything in a in a minute and a half and some change interview. And if this is the first time you're hearing about this, go search anti-work Fox News interview. Total drama. Jefferson's been on Reddit for about seven years, and in that time, he says he's seen a ton of racism on the site. It's a big problem. Um, The anonymity is the biggest issue. There are no repercussions for your actions. No one has their dog in the race because nobody knows who you are. You're just this anonymous person. He says people roll out that old trope that racism got solved in the 60s, stop complaining, all the time. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I love hearing stuff like that from, from edgy white guys, pardon any of my language, but basically anyone who's not ever gone through any of that. People that don't have to worry about the fact that simply being pulled over by a police officer can be a life-threatening and life-ending situation. It must be nice to have a life like that and to be able to to speak on our experience and what we need 
and would like when you, you live a very comfortable life. So he helps carve out areas of the site that highlight bigotry and focus on black, black positivity, positivity, as he calls it. One of the subs he mods is called Black Fathers. Now this is an interesting one. The sub Black Fathers originally used to be the total opposite of what it is now. What these people did, what these moderators did was they restricted any posts. So that way when you went to Black Fathers, you had the platform message that says there appears to be nothing here. So their their edgy Reddit joke there was Black Fathers not being present in their kids' lives. If you're black and your father, you're you're absent. Ugh. And that was allowed to happen for a long time because it didn't violate Reddit's terms of service. The terms of service is that you don't have to have content on your subreddit. It's not a requirement. Our hands are tied. It's not breaking any site-wide rules. Sorry. So this is what happened. Jefferson and his mod pals jacked up the pressure on the admin, and finally they bailed. The sub was cleaned up and the mods banned, and Jefferson became the new top mod. And he reopened the sub in true style. Get me a GIF with scenes from Star Trek Deep Space Nine that highlights Captain Sisko and his son. He likes scenes with them, the the hugging, the the, the fatherhood, the, the positive you know thing. It's like, this is what I'm going to use to kick off the reopening. And it, it, it was a monumental success. And now, what's on r slash Black Fathers now? Right now, today, the content on the subreddit community of Black Fathers is what you think it would have been before. It's what you think it's supposed to be. Pictures with Black Fathers, with their sons, daughters, nice family pictures, wholesome moments, videos. Whereas before, you would think it was supposed to be that, but in Reddit fashion, it was made as a joke. Jefferson still has to put up with this crap constantly. Another sub he mods, Black People Twitter, gets a lot of attention. People saying stuff like, Well, how would you feel if there was a white people Twitter? Okay, there is. There is. It's out there. That, that shows how much ignorance there is because you, you, you think you're being cute by throwing it back that, well, what, what if there was this? <laughs> there is. <laughs> like, that's no secret. Spoiler, he means normal Twitter. We ask him what he thinks of Nate, or Nate the Great, as he knows him. Because they mod a couple of subs together, so I'm interested in what he thinks of Nate's trolling tactics. Does he think they help at all? Everyone mods differently. And the way he does it is perfectly fine. You know, we have different styles, but everyone does. And his works. It's not counter to how we, how we run things as a collective. Jefferson says that a lot of mods are, quote, power-hungry jerks. Absolutely, without hesitation. But it sounds like they've carved out a niche on Black Fathers and Black People Twitter where the mod team acts as one and really are fighting back, post by post. So, we've got this sticky meta-mess of sincerity and satire, anger and calm, logic and nonsense, healing and destruction. It's the perfect climate for what's to come. And it brings us to the final chapter in this story. In 2020, a global pandemic brings the world to its knees. Can you see? 
on average, between one and two thousand and one and three thousand children. Thank you for making sure I have my birthright. You are the one that will have to take care of them. No vaccine's ever been proven safe and no vaccine has ever been proven effective. We know that's not true. Please allow me to answer questions. Millions your question. and millions of lives have been saved by vaccines. Simply They're some of the true. safest medicines ever invented. There is no evidence that I can see that a pandemic exists. And as the days go by, a storm is brewing on Reddit. It starts off as a quiet rumble. What is COVID anyway? Do masks really work? And then it starts building momentum. And before anybody really knows what's happened, it's exploded into a full-on hurricane. And a subreddit devoted to fear-mongering and medical misinformation is created. It's called No New Normal and someone's watching very closely. They would talk about the vaccine, they talk about masks, they would talk about lockdowns. Nate. Everything Fauci said is a lie. That name was Fauci, meaning Anthony Fauci, the USA's chief medical advisor. Everything the CDC said is a lie. And CDC stands for Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. They were spilling out into other subreddits, spreading all this nonsense, it was just uninformed just absolutely doing their best to contribute to the pandemic. What Nate just said is important. These guys were spilling out into other subs and sometimes purposely targeting a specific one. This, Nate tells us, is called brigading. And this is how he got dragged into the fray. Members of r slash no new normal brigaded the sub r slash ah. You remember the cute animal one? Unsurprisingly, Nate's a mod there, too. When people started spouting stuff about masks and vaccines and government conspiracies, yeah, nice try, said Nate, not on my watch. So he tries to clean it up, but the wind's too strong. And then I went to the admins. I said, hey, guys, you know, we got, we got completely brigaded. Can we get some help here? Are you guys going to do anything? I mean, I could just ban all of them from the subreddit, but I don't really want to do that. Can I get some help? Like, I shouldn't have to deal with this. And I got radio silence. So that was it. He started banning them. And his fellow mods did the same. But again, they couldn't fight it. It was too much. I went back to the admins and I said, hey guys, look, you know, about a year ago, you made a post that you were going to combat misinformation, medical misinformation on Reddit. So what have you done? Because it sure doesn't look like anything from our end. And... I didn't really get much of a response there. I think I got what I I got what I felt was basically um, platitudes and some hand waving. So then I went back to the other moderators and I said, "Hey guys, the admins aren't going to do anything. I think maybe we could stand to escalate this a bit." And this is where it gets exciting. Nate works in IT, right? He tells us he knows how to force a post to go to the top of the front page. So, normally, you have to get the most number of upvotes to get to the top. But he circumvents that with a little bit of tech know-how. So this is what he does. He gets his mod buddies to write posts on all their different subs, protesting the fact that this sort of outright misinformation is allowed to fester and spread. So we did that, and the top 10 posts on Reddit were about, hey, admins, you need to do something about this medical misinformation. And eventually, Reddit CEO Steve Huffman, a.k.a. Spez, responds. He releases a statement on the site saying, We do believe in vaccines and masks, but, quote, Dissent is a part of Reddit and the foundation of democracy. 
This includes conversations that question or disagree with popular opinion. And people got really mad and started flat out turning off their subreddits. That caught the attention of the media. The media said, oh, look, Reddit's over here just letting people say whatever they want about the pandemic and tell people not to get vaccinated, tell people not to wear masks and all this stuff. And finally, Reddit said, oh, okay. Hey, uh, we looked into it and, wow, what do you know? They were brigading the whole time. So we're going to delete the subreddit. 135 subs go dark in protest, which means that non-members are blocked from reading the pages or joining. This is an extraordinary display of people power, and the media attention proves too much for Steve and the Reddit admin. No new normal is banned. But here's the weird thing. The reason Reddit gives for why they banned the sub is that it broke the rules around brigading, so targeting and overpowering other subs. It's not banned for spreading falsehoods. They didn't take the action for the reason that we felt they should have, which allows it to stay on the site. So we still have that problem. They kicked the can down the road. So a couple more subreddits sprung up as a result of No New Normal getting banned. Now we're kind of starting to face the same issues again. So it sounds like Reddit's towing a very fine and pretty shaky line. It's that good old free speech argument. On the one hand, they don't want to be seen to be bowing to the left. You could say, sure, every idea has equal value, but no, I don't believe that. I think actually doing this does a disservice and it gives credibility to ideas that do not deserve it. But on the other hand, it seems they only step into the boxing ring and take control when it would be worse publicity not to. Over the history of Reddit, that's... There's a pretty clear pattern of that happening. Yeah. Nate's a big old hands-on mod, and at points during our conversation, I've wondered whether it's a good thing for that much control to be in the hands of someone anonymous and unelected. Sure, there's the peer review process, but still. Plus, it sounds super stressful, because this is something I also spoke about with Rob, Galloboob, our Reddit whisperer. Now, remember Rob had, at one point, more karma than anyone else on the whole site. He was a mod on over 100 subs with an audience of over 60 million people. He was what they called a power mod. This is what they would call someone who has a lot of reach and control over multitude of subreddits on Reddit. I don't think it's it's like a positive term, you know, a power moderator, because all it says is that you have a lot of reach and control where you shouldn't, because you want audiences to curate, curate these places, not an individual, but as an individual, you're a power moderator. So you're moderating a lot of large communities in a nutshell. As he climbs up the karma board and gets a name for himself, people start talking. Who the heck is this guy? He's everywhere. Is he being paid? Because that's it. Mods are unpaid. They run the site and they deal with all the crap, but they do it voluntarily. So the fact that he's so active seems suspicious. And that's one of the reasons Rob's unplugged himself. He's down from six hours of just refreshing Refreshing Reddit Reddit to 10 minutes. Why? Because while Nate seems to be a superhuman who can deal with all the work and the banning and the fighting, for Rob, it got too much. I've seen so many people, including myself, 
be like, okay, cool, I'm a moderator, and then fall into that pit of more moderation and more moderation, and then your life is only revolving around this role that a platform that's making money is not paying you for. And there are real-life repercussions, like mental health, because dealing with an audience online, especially cleaning like the shit that people aren't seeing, you know? Like, you're the buffer between that audience and the crazy shit that's being posted to that audience. So everything goes through you. You're the filter. Filters get used up and thrown away. Let's be sincere now. So he's out. He stepped back a year or so ago. He still mods, but only on a few positive subs, like oddly satisfying along with Nate, or free compliments, which really is as wholesome as it sounds. Having said that, I'll be honest with you, I stopped Reddit drastically, but I kind of picked up something else. And this is where it gets real. I picked up Twitter. (laughs) 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 So that just goes to show, one steps aside, another fills his boots. Because while Rob doesn't do it anymore, there's still a teeming army of mods out there, spending their free time sifting through and filtering out the darkest dregs of human behavior. I want to give Nate the last word here, because he's really intrigued me with his black and white view on right and wrong, his intelligence, and, for all he insists he never had it, his faith that truth will win the fight and what is right will prevail. With all that he sees as a mod, I want to know what he thinks about the question that's hanging over each and every conversation I've had with people for this series. This idea that Reddit is a mirror held up to us all, reflecting the fine and the foul. It's certainly a mirror, but not only is it a mirror, it's a mirror where people have taken their masks off. One of my favorite poems is We Wear the Mask by Paul Lawrence Dunbar. And basically it says, we wear the mask that grins and lies, that hides our face and shields our eyes. And it's basically just, it's talking about how when we go about our day and interact in society, we kind of, we don't really put our full selves out there. But on the internet, you've got the shield of anonymity and you can just go online and say whatever you want. You've got a normal person plus anonymity plus an audience equals total fuckwad. We wear the mask that grins and lies. It hides our cheeks and shades our eyes. This debt we pay to human guile, with torn and bleeding hearts we smile, and mouth with myriad subtleties. Why should the world be overwise in counting all our tears and sighs? Nay, let them only see us while we wear the mask. We smile, but, O oh great Christ, our cries to thee from tortured souls arise. We sing, but oh, the clay is vile beneath our feet and long the mile. But let the world dream otherwise. We wear the mask. Next time on .com. I definitely saw the post and it was just like, oh my God, this is such a scandal. In 2014, Reddit was at the center of one of the most sickening, dramatic things that had happened in the history of Hollywood. It shook the company to its very core, and I want to find out why. I mean, this was literally the biggest thing that had ever happened to Reddit. Dotcom is a Crowd Network original and is presented by me, Katie Puckrick. It's written and produced by Anna Stauffenberg and is edited by Crawford Blair. 
The music we use is from our partners, BMG Production Music. You can now subscribe to the Crowd Stories channel on Apple Podcasts to get ad-free versions of this show. Woohoo! And other ones like Murder in House 2. And my own history podcast with Tom Fordyce, We Didn't Start the Fire. So if you're a total documentary and history nut, check it out. And if you want another crowd podcast to listen to right now, I have the perfect one. It's called American Vigilante, and it's about a guy called Casey, and he's a vigilante. He rescues kidnapped children, and he might save your life, but he might take it too. It's an insane story, so truffle it out. Just search for American Vigilante in your podcast app and subscribe. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Crowd Network, a place where you belong.